Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Bring the energy! It's happening. Get it, get get, get, get. For your lives. It's time for MP on the mic. Cunning, capable, agile, flexible. It gets me pumped and it gets me going. Michael Phillips is... Let's go! MP on the mic. Tuesday morning, 11 o'clock. Welcome aboard MP on the mics of the show. I'm Michael. It's 11 o'clock and uh, we are entering hour number two. Uh, jam-packed hour. Justice Miller is here. It's now a Tuesday tradition. Darrell Owens joins her. That's uh, that's just a, a bonus fun for everyone here. Um, we'll, uh, we'll play the clip uh, from uh, Jimmy Butler yesterday who went emo. Uh, we'll talk to them about that. But we are rolling with the Commanders right now in the 11 o'clock hour here, and we welcome in from the Washington Post, my guy, Sam Fortier. Sam, what is up? What's up, Michael Phillips? It is great to be on the radio with you, my guy. It's great to be on the radio. It's great to just be doing things, you know? It's uh, it's tons of fun. Here's the thing, though. I'm not a print journalist anymore, Sam, so I can, I can ask you leading questions. I'm... I, 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 I could do whatever I want on the radio, it turns out. So so first question here. I, I know the players said the, the right things, that they, they don't believe in moral victories, it wasn't a moral victory. But for Sam Howe on the offense, kind of a moral victory, yeah? <laughs> See? See, I'm a radio guy now. I got it. Yeah, I love it. You're, you're doing great. Um, <laughs> uh, we, can, like, we can create other names for it that's like, you know... Um, Allusions to moral victory, but doesn't actually say moral victory. There you go. And I think that that would be fair because, I mean, look, like getting the ball with two minutes or less down a score, like that had only happened under Ron Rivera six times before. And the only two times they had actually scored and won the game were Taylor Heineke in 2021 uh, against New York on Thursday night and then in Atlanta. And both of those drives, I think, had a little bit of, um, what, what, what's the word I'm looking for, Michael? Like, it, it was a little bit, uh, you know, so I think he got a little bit of help. And obviously they got some help on Sunday, too, with the with the taunting penalty by A.J. Brown starting the drive at the 36 instead of the 25. But, I mean, any time that you have a quarterback that, that looks calm, can handle pressure like that, can drive an offense down the field when, when you've got to have it, like, that, that's impressive. And you've got to come away with that thinking, like, hey, we didn't win the game, but, we learned a lot about our quarterback in a really tough situation, 
And I guess that all comes back to, well, there is a moral victory here. Yeah, you know, and, and I, I think to me, there, there's the, the small picture, right? There's the season, and obviously Ron Rivera would like to make the playoffs and do those things. But then there's the big picture of, is Sam Howell the guy, right? That That's not a discussion that revolves around, will he make the playoffs this year? That's, will he be here for four years, five years, a decade, all those things. And I, I don't know. I, I, I felt encouraged by what I saw. You, you've been up close with Sam Howell now, you know, through training camp, through all this. Um, I, I think from the outside, there's the perception, this kid's really unflappable. Um, I guess, you know, he, just, he bounces back when he needs to bounce back. Uh, wh- what have you seen from him and, and maybe how he's developed that? Yeah, so there's two components to this question, I feel like. And the first one is, is he unflappable? Is he resilient? Yes, I, I think absolutely he is. You saw his last year at North Carolina when all those guys left for the NFL and he had to run the ball more and he held the ball and he was trying to be a playmaker. You know, I was talking to his dad and his dad said he wants to win every down. He, he You know, that's why he takes the big hits that's why you know he takes the sacks because he is looking to make a play, and he has had to learn. Hey, I have to be smart. I have to protect myself. You know, I can't always take sacks. And that's the other part of this is he's had to be resilient because of some of those traits. Because he is a guy who takes a lot of sacks. He always has. Like the the average for college football in the NFL every year is a sack rate of roughly six percent. Sam has never been lower than 8.1, even back to that year, you know, uh, in North Carolina where people thought he was going to be the number one pick. Like, he's always held the ball, tried to make plays. And so you can succeed with that. It's, it's difficult. It reduces your margin for error. But, like, an example that someone pointed out to me is Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson always took a lot of sacks, but he made up for it because he could scramble, because he could throw a great deep ball, he could create explosive plays. And so, yes, Sam Howell is resilient. And I think that's developed partly because he has to be. His play style demands it. He's, uh, he's Sam Fortier. He's uh, with the Washington Post. He's uh, dropping some commander's knowledge on us. I love the Russell Wilson analogy because it leads into, I, I want to talk about Emmanuel Forbes, too, who, you know, no need to sugarcoat it. You know, got, got beat and got beat repeatedly by, by A.J. Brown, who's a good receiver. Um, but I, I feel like with Forbes he's out there so much because of that chance, right, to, to hit the home run to make the game-changing play. What did, what did you see of his confidence after the game, of, of, of Ron's confidence in him talking yesterday, and how they view him going forward after this game? Emmanuel Forbes, like you said, is out there because he can be a home run hitter. Last year, obviously, Washington struggled to take the ball away. They had nine interceptions all year, which was one of the lowest rates in the league. Emmanuel comes in with the 14 picks and the six pick six. It's like Turnovers are a huge deal in the NFL and, and games that it looks like it's going to be another banner year for the league in terms of parity and margin of, of scoring difference, I think is down to 9.1, the lowest it's been since 1932. So, so you need turnovers. You need guys that can make plays, and that's why he's out there. And obviously right now he, he's going through a pretty difficult time. I mean, A.J. Brown torched him. I think he allowed the four biggest plays. He was in coverage for the four biggest plays yep. of Sunday's game. I don't think – you know, like – I have a tough time with the guys who, who point out, hey, you know, he struggled against Buffalo as well because one of those completions, the 30-yarder to Stephon Diggs, was like after Josh Allen rolled out of the pocket and made like what for most quarterbacks is an impossible throw. So, But anyway, my colleague Nikki Javala actually wrote about this today. Emmanuel Forbes has been targeted 25 times this year in man coverage. He's allowed 18 catches for a league-high 356 yards. This is not to say Emmanuel Forbes is a bust or he's going to be, you know, he's going to be a bad first-round pick, but because I do think he has the traits to be that guy. And you saw in Denver when he made that pick 
Like, he, he ran the route for the receiver, and the receiver ran the wrong route, but he knew what was coming, and Bill betting on. But obviously, it's been, uh, it's been a rocky, you know, first four games of, of his rookie year so far. It's, uh, you know, it's up and down, but, but he's learning and he's getting the snaps as he learns too. And, uh, you know, that's, I think that's what fans want as they watch Sam Howell develop, as they watch Emmanuel Forbes develop. They want to see these young guys develop, have some promise for the future. Okay. So I did radio shtick earlier. There's one radio shtick I will not do, Sam, though. I will not declare Thursday night a must win game for a, for a two and two football team that's already beaten the Denver Broncos. Having said that, boy, these bears stink. Um, what's, what's the, What's your read on on the importance of this one heading into a stretch of a lot of road games? Um, you're going to have what probably is a pretty favorable home crowd. Um, I can't imagine the Bears fans are going to come out uh, in big numbers for this product. Um, Sam Howell looked a little better last week. Wait, where do you gauge the importance level uh, of this one this week? Well, you're a better man than I because on Twitter earlier this week, I said that with all the chaos surrounding the Bears organization, including <laughs> the defense coordinator resigning and yes. talking about his coaches and Chase Claypool being benched and the Bears not knowing exactly like what to say about that because the coach says one thing, Team PR <laughs> says another. I, I called it a must win. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, I'll say this, though. Isn't it refreshing to have other teams get investigated? Uh, you know, government raids of, of other teams. That, that's just a nice breath of fresh air. It's, it's pretty amazing because uh, we were all sitting in the media room like the day that that came out that uh, the defensive coordinator was resigning after the FBI raided his house. He was like, hey, wait a minute. That's not us. That's great. Um, it is, it's, it's amazing. But, yeah, I mean, I really do think that this team has played about like they've played up to the standard or down to the standard, you could argue, of every team they've played this year except for Buffalo. So the, the three games, you know, from Arizona to Philly, like they've, they've matched up well. And, and the question for me kind of goes back to when we were in Houston last year when the, the Texans stank and the, the commanders really never pulled away. I think it was 23 to 10. Um, and so for me, the question is, is, can you show that you are clearly better than this chaotic organization that is now where you were for so long. Can you show, hey, we've grown not only on the field, uh, not only off the field, but like we can put distance between, we can bury a team and we can, you know, control the game from start to finish. I think that would be a real sign of progress for this team. And if they don't do that, even if they win, I would still find that to be a concern. It's also funny to me, like if, if they do that, if they handle their business against the Bears, I think you know, on, on the broadcast, it, it, we'll chalk it up to like, man, you know, new ownership really has this going. It's funny, but like that really doesn't actually have anything to do with no, new ownership, but you just feel that breath of fresh air and everything, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. Like, like you said, like this team, Josh Harris got installed, what, like, you know, a week or two weeks before the start of training camp. So it, it really has no bearing on anything that they have done. And they really haven't made other than the stadium substantive changes yet. But yeah, like, it would be great for the vibe. <laughs> it would be fantastic. All right. Well, thank you for spending some time with us. I'm going to have you back on this offseason because we got to talk stadium because you, you know that's, that, that's my thing. Hey, you and me both. I love talking about the stadium, and I'm sure that uh, there'll be plenty of developments for us to dissect as we keep going. The time will come. Sam Fortier, The Washington Post, online at Sam, the number four. TR, thanks to him for joining us. We're going to step aside for a second. Back with uh, more Justice and Durrell. Join us for a little Tuesday fun here in studio. This is 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.